0: all right well welcome everybody so glad again that you were here spending part of your weekend online with us at skyline church again my name is jeff nicoletti so glad that you were here listen wherever you are wherever you're joining us from say hi check in we've got online hosts they're available to connect with you pray with you, answer any questions that you might have. If you're new here, there's a little button you can click that literally says new here. We would love to connect with you, say hi, and just say thank you uh, for joining us today. In fact, we'd like to send you a little gift this week just for joining us. Parents, don't forget, uh, we've got special online experiences for your kids. You can hop over to skylinechurch.cc. Click on the button that says Sky Kids Online, and we've got resources there available for you. And I just want to, I'm going to remind you right now, put it on your calendar. Next Sunday, May 10th is Mother's Day, and y'all, you are in for a treat. My wife, Christy, is going to be here preaching, bringing the word. You do not want to miss it. Moms, we've got some special stuff planned for you, but you do not want to miss next Sunday, Mother's Day. It's going to be incredible. So here we go, we're going to jump in. Our scripture today is found, uh, Mark chapter 6, and we're picking up again in our fierce Jesus series and listen it's it's this is a series that was never intended uh, to, to go this long like we, we didn't plan this in fact this this is hands down the longest uh, message series that, that I have ever been a part of but sometimes you end up staying in places longer than you expected because what we're finding out is is this is that we we thought that we had a really good understanding of Jesus but we've're beginning to learn that that he's fierce and that his his priorities are not always what we think they would be or should be. And he just kind of keeps shocking us. And listen, we could spend our whole lives studying him and really just only get a glimpse of how great he is and Listen, I, I'm praying and believing that he's doing some great things in and through us, and that it's going to cause us to be different, that we're going to come through this season that we find ourselves in as, as a new people, because he's pretty revolutionary, he's He's pretty fierce, and because of that, we should be that same way too. And, and we're in for a treat today, we got Mark chapter 6, we see Jesus take a trip back to his hometown and... We get to see how the people he grew up with who were near him, how they're going to respond to his ministry from what those who knew him, how they respond, and we're going to relate to how how we know him. So we're going to jump in. Mark chapter six, starting in verse one, it says, Jesus left there and he went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed well, where did this man get these things? They ask, so what's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? It sounds good. Right? I mean, we're we're starting strong. Like take some notes. Like where did he get this information? Where where did he get this power? But then something begins to shift and change, that the attitude changes him. And, and this is really where I want to spend our time today is how in this verse they go from amazement to the very next verse to annoyance. It says, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and, and the brother of James and Joseph and, and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town among his relatives and in his own home. And he could not do any many miracles there. And I know some of you all think right now that that's a typo that you're looking at, that it says that he could not do many, because we're not used to seeing scripture that says Jesus Could not do something, and and you might think that it's wrong, or you might think that it it should say that Jesus would not, or that Jesus was unwilling to do many things there, but it actually says he could not, unable to. There was one thing that even Jesus was not able to do, and that was to to override the, the unbelief of these people. Like he, he wants to heal, he, he wants to save, he, he wants to serve them, but, but they don't believe. And it says that he was amazed at their lack of faith. In fact, this is the only time, the only time we see Jesus uh, amazed, the only time we really see Jesus unable to do something is based on a lack of faith. And so we started this passage, and and the people were amazed at Jesus. And now, just a a few verses later, Jesus is amazed at them. And so there was was something that he wanted to do for the people that he couldn't do for the people because of something that was within the people. So here's what I want you to I want you to look at whoever you're with right now, turn to whoever you're with right now and say to them, You seem stuck. You know, some sometimes I think that 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 people think Jesus was from Bethlehem. You know, we, we sing that a lot at Christmas time, but that that's where Jesus was born. That that's not where he grew up. He grew up in Nazareth. Uh, that's where this passage takes place, that's where Jesus has gone home to, this is where he was raised, this is, Nazareth is not where he did most of his ministry, he he didn't do most of his ministry where he grew up, because sometimes to be used by God, you've got to leave what's familiar, and that's an important point, we'll, we'll get to that later, but I want to talk about Nazareth just a little bit, Nazareth is, is 25 miles southwest of Capernaum. Remember, we we said Capernaum is is where Jesus was setting up headquarters. That was home base. Uh, that that was where they were operating out of. Set up shop there, and and was moving around the the Sea of Galilee. And that's where he's becoming famous. And that's where he is known. and And in verse one of Mark chapter six, we said it said Jesus left there. He was leaving Capernaum, and 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 he's going. He left home base to go back to his hometown. And and listen, he. He didn't go back to his hometown because he had failed. Like Jesus is leaving the success of his ministry to go back home. Like he's, He's not looking to go back home and rent out a room at Mary's house. He's he's not looking to, to crash on the couch while he's trying to go fund himself and raise some money for the ministry. Like, like he's going back for a very specific purpose. And we know that because it says that he took his disciples with him. So why in the world does it matter? Why does it matter that he took his crew? Uh, That that's that's updated language. I think if scripture were written today, it might say it might say crew. But why, why does it matter that he took them with him? Well, because it was it was going to be part of their training because he's commissioning them to go out and change the world. And so he's taking them back to his hometown for a purpose. It's not a holiday. It's not, it's not spring break. They're, they're, they're not just checking in. And so remember that because that's, that's going to be important later. He's, he's coming home for a purpose. And while he's there, he's invited to give the guest lecture in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And, and as he does, as he as he stands to preach, the, the people there notice that they, they notice something about him that wasn't there when he lived. Among them, because listen, he lived there. Jesus didn't start his ministry till he was 30. So Jesus spent a long time there, but now he's been gone for a little while. That they notice that he's different when he comes back. And, 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 and we've read the whole thing already, but, but we, we, we kind of have to talk about this fact Jesus was, was actually rejected by those who were closest to him, he, he found wider acceptance among the sinners. Than he did the religious. Uh, one way the prophet said is that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. And listen, that that's a that's a sad place to be when when the people closest to you don't appreciate you, don't support you, don't don't express their love to you. There's. There's probably a grown man watching today you're still trying to prove something to your dead dad who's been dead for years but he never told you he was proud of you because there's there's something about wanting the approval of the people who are closest to it. And, and we all have people in our lives like that, people that we, we desperately want and crave. All we crave for them is to, is to not only say that what we do matters to them, but that in some way they would admire us for what we do. Whether it's right or wrong, I, 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 I would like to be admired by the people who are closest to me. Like the, the people who know me, that that means something to me. Because I, I figure that I can probably fake and fool everyone else. But if, if the people who are closest to me, the people who, who know me and know the most about me, if they don't think I'm full of crap, I'm probably doing something right. And some of y'all are looking at me cross-eyed right now like you don't know what I'm talking about. Like you've never once in your life at any moment been full of crap before. It, it's... It's kind of like you're, you're really nice to the server at the restaurant, but you yell at your wife. It's like that. Like the, the thing inside of you right now that's saying, I don't really want to keep watching right now. So the, 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 the pain of, of wanting someone close to you to, to notice. Like, have you ever wanted someone to just, to just notice to, to notice what you're doing, to notice who you are, to notice what goes into what you're doing. And, and what's interesting about the, the life of Jesus is how, how often the people closest to him took him for granted. Isn't that what happens? I mean, we, we know this. I'll say it this way. Sometimes when you're too close to something, it becomes too common, and these people had a hard time seeing Jesus as their deliverer because they had seen him running around as a kid. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of hard to, to believe that he's going to save the world when you knew him in his terrible twos. Is it, is it okay to say that Jesus had like, terrible twos? Like, like, uh, that's a theological discussion for, for another day. But, but it, it can be kind of hard sometimes to see the miracle in something that you've become so familiar with. And so Mark quotes a saying because these people had, had grown up around him and they don't seem to receive him on the same level that even the Gentiles received him. Like, and they were known to not even really associate with Jewish people. In fact, they were often known to be resistant to the Jewish religion. But for some reason, when Jesus showed up amongst the Gentiles, they came in droves. But now Jesus is home. And I imagine the disciples are are shocked in this moment because I imagine that they were looking forward to this. Like, they're taking this show on the road. They're going back to Jesus' hometown. We're going to get to see the impact in this small town of Nazareth. Listen, Nazareth is not a big place. It's only got about a couple hundred people. The only reason you know the name Nazareth is because Jesus put it on the map. Like, before him, Nazareth was unknown. So they're going back to Nazareth, this small town, 25 miles away from where they're doing all of this great ministry. And I bet Peter is psyched. I like picking on Peter. I don't know why, but I bet that he is psyched. I like to imagine that on the journey, on the walk, as they're getting there and they're going through different routes, Peter's thinking, I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to show them who you've become. I can't wait to show them what you can do. And so Jesus stands up and he's preaching and it's amazing. And they're like, preach Jesus. That's good. Uh, Do some more. Preach Jesus. That's real. And then all of a sudden someone stands up and says, hey, wait. He's one of us. And, and, And the moment they put him in that category, he became common. Because the moment you categorize something as, as common that was meant to be special, you're going to end up tripping over the miracle because you miss it in the mundane. And so, Jesus might actually be saying to a husband today, the, the, the same things that you were amazed at in the woman that you were dating who became your wife are the same things that you're now complaining about eight years in. Because you've been so close, and and the things that used to amaze you no longer amaze you. And so Mark quotes a proverb. He says, a prophet is without honor only in his hometown. In other words, sometimes those who are closest treat it the most common. And so maybe you've heard a version of this before, and I want to say it this way, that familiarity breeds contempt and complacency. Because when something is close for so long, like, when, when Jesus puts something in your midst that is magnificent and, and miraculous, but you live among it long enough, sometimes you've been around it so long that you cease to be amazed and you start taking things for granted. And in one way, if, if people take you for granted, that in and of itself is actually a compliment. It's, it's, it's a compliment to your consistency. Consistency. Like if people take that, that's why that's why your kids never say thank you, because they always eat, starve them three days. Just kidding. Don't do that. But the, the, the reason they don't thank you is because it's always there. You, you know that you're getting good at something when people stop telling you that you did a good job. That's because it just simply becomes an expectation that they put on you. They'll stop complimenting you because it's consistent. So the the lack of a compliment in and of itself is actually a compliment. Listen, I don't necessarily like that if I'm honest. I like like the affirmation. And listen, I'll Jesus juke that all day. I'll just tell you that my, my love language is words of affirmation because that's what I want you to do. But in reality, what I need is is I need to become more mature like Jesus, that, that even when they could not see him for who he was, he still did what he could. It said he could not do many miracles, but he did what he could. He was underappreciated. He did what he could. Unnoticed, did what he could. Undervalued, did what he could. Unrecognized, did what he could. Taken for granted, did what he could. And here's the danger. While it is a compliment to you when people take you for granted, it's a danger to them. And, and here's why. He, he, hear me on this. What is consistently taken for granted is eventually taken away. And, and, and so, so Jesus shows up here to his hometown. And listen, he's coming with the same healing power that resurrected a 12-year-old girl in Mark chapter 5. He 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 heals a woman with internal bleeding. She didn't take Jesus for granted. She knew she had one shot to get to him. She knew that this might be the only chance that I have. Some of y'all have been around church for so long listen, I've noticed something. I haven't been doing this forever. I've been doing it long enough to notice something. Most of the people uh, who who visit church and are new when we used to meet in real person and, and, and be in the same room together. Most of the people who are new, who are visiting our church for the first time, listen, they end up showing most of us up who call this church our home. You know why? They get here early, before the worship experience actually begins. They get a great spot in the parking lot and don't fight it. Why? Because they got here on time. They get a great seat because they were early. They kind of soak up everything as much as they can because it's their first experience. But many of us who have been in this church or really just any church in general, if we aren't careful, we begin to take it for granted. Oh, I've I've, I've been to every message. I've done all the series. I've done all the songs. And you come to church or you jump on church online every week with the spirit of... Um, and honestly, I was going to try and find a better word than to use for this, but it's a spirit of like, eh. It's a a spirit of, I'll get there when I can get there. And listen, I've seen this, I've done this, I've heard, pastor, I've heard you say all of these things before. Yeah, we've done that song. Oh, that song's not really new. I knew that song before we started singing it. And you have a spiritual attitude of like, eh. But then, Then there are some of us, and and a lot of the times it's those of us who are new, you're more like the woman from Mark chapter 5, because you've not grown up in church, it's not become common to you, it's not familiar to you, and you show up each week in person, or online, and you come with a spirit of expectation, ready to hear, ready to lean in, ready to take notes, ready to stand up in your house and worship with your kids staring at you like you're crazy, but you're not crazy because you're expecting God to do something in the midst of what you're doing. So don't become trapped in familiarity. Like, make the decision that that I will not allow my miracle to become trapped in my familiarity. And so Jesus comes to Nazareth full of healing and resurrection power, blind eye opening, deaf ear opening power, full of lame to walk power, dead raising power. All that power shows up in a town like that. It's not like he lost any of that power on a 25-mile journey, but the people lost their appreciation of his power, and since they lost an appreciation of it, they've limited the potential of his power to be released into their lives. And I wonder, has that happened to some of us? Because When we first got saved, we were grateful. When we first got saved, it felt good to be forgiven. It felt good to be free. It felt good to have something to live, or felt good to have an orientation in my life that was something other than me on the throne. It felt good to not need people to tell us our worth because we've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. But listen to me, something happens because we don't actually have to sacrifice bulls or sheep or goats, or doves, and since we don't have to do that, and we don't have to be in the presence of blood like that, sometimes we can become complacent, and we can treat the blood of Jesus, which was shed for us as a common thing, and because we don't feel it, 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 it becomes, we become familiar with it, and when you become familiar with it, you can miss the power of it, so, some, some of you are tripping over your miracle because it's been in front of you for so long. You stop being amazed. Listen, I want to tell somebody today, stay amazed. And don't, and don't get jaded and start acting like you got yourself here. If you would be really, really honest, you'd admit that today you still need the same grace and that if it weren't still flowing, you wouldn't still be breathing. Come on, you got some stuff in your life that if it were not for Jesus himself... you stay amazed by it don't don't get too comfortable with it don't don't start thinking you earned what you first received don't start acting like Jesus owes you a favor by keeping you on the planet every day is a gift every breath is a gift and scripture says let everything that has breath praise the Lord so power came to Nazareth but it was trapped in their familiar expectation they missed them they 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 tripped over it Literally, that, that's, that's what's implied by the word that Mark uses. It says that, that. Listen, we're going to read again. They were amazed. Remember, it says, when, when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard them were amazed. Listen, they, they didn't deny his power. Where, where did this man get these things? Where's this, what's this wisdom that's, listen, they didn't deny his wisdom. What are these remarkable miracles that they didn't deny his miracles? They didn't doubt it. They despised it. And why did they despise it? Because he looked like one of them. He he came in a common way. And and when Jesus comes in a common way, we can trip over him in the process of trying to get to something that we think is important. like, Like we tripped. He, he, here's what they said. They said, is, "Isn't?" They, they started tripping. They, they thought he was tripping, but they, they, they were tripping. Like, here, here's what they said. They said, and I love it. They, they, they actually called him. They, they called him this man. Hey, there's only about 500 people in this town. You know darn well who this is. They knew his name, but they gave him a different name. They said, "Isn't this the carpenter, Common?" This one's even better. Isn't this Mary's son? You, you don't do that in Jewish custom. You, you call the child by the name of his father. Now, maybe by, by this point, Joseph is dead. But even if he is, you still call him by the name of his father unless there is a question around who his father is. If you remember, Jesus came from some questionable circumstances. Mary said that it was God, but the angel didn't show up to us and tell us that's what happened. So we know, we know Mary is his mom, but that whole daddy thing, like, like the, the, that baby might be, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really sure. We, we don't really know because Mary was, was talking to Tom a lot and they were, they were spending some time together and, and, and rumors begin to circulate. And listen, you don't, if you don't come from a small town, you don't understand it, you would know. It doesn't take long for a rumor to circulate and be embedded. So, so where did he come from? None of us really know. And it wasn't what he did that they doubted. It was where he came from. So where, where did he come from? From, from Nazareth. He, he was one of them. And, and they look at him and they say, what? He, he's, he's one of us. He can't be, he can't be special. He, he came from us. What, what would make them think like that? Like, why would they think that way about themselves. And it's in, it's in this moment right now that we need, we need Nathaniel. So um, I, I would venture to say you don't hear this preached very much because it's, it's, it's a little difficult to, to wrap up in a bow and, and make nice. But, but the reality is that Jesus' family thought he was crazy during his three years of ministry. Like in Mark chapter 3, his family shows up in Capernaum to bring him back home because he's gotten a little too big for his britches. Like, like Jesus gotten pretty big. He's making a name for himself. Like Jesus needed to be cut down a little bit. And in fact, that's kind of what's happening here in Mark chapter 6. Like, oh, this is good. The healer is here. Oh, I like what he's saying. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. Mary's boy? Like the, the 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 carpenter? This this is too familiar. This this feels like like us, and, and when it feels like them, something within them caused them to push it away. And we only see why in John's gospel, John chapter one. And I'm so glad that Jesus gave us four gospels because Matthew gives a perspective, Mark gives a perspective, Luke gives another. In fact, in Luke chapter four, in the, the account of this same story. He says that they were so offended. The Greek word is scandalon. It actually means to set a trap. So they were so offended that they became trapped in their offense and Jesus' power could not operate at its full capacity because they they were mentally trapped in their offense. Why why so offended? What, What was it about Nazareth and the people of Nazareth other than the fact that they grew up around Jesus, like there had to be something else to, to have sickness in their village and to push away the one who could heal, to, to, for them to have demon oppression, oppressing their children, and to send away the one who can cause demons to shriek and leave. What was it about Nazareth that made them push away the one who came to set them free? Nathaniel's gonna help us out. He doesn't get a whole lot of speaking parts in the Bible, so, so when he does, let's, let's pay attention. It's, it's, it's very uncommon that he speaks, but it's going to help us, listen to me, it's going to help us understand not just what happens here, but what happens in our lives. It's going to help us understand why Jesus doesn't do the things we want him to do in our lives. It hinges on this. Because when when Philip came to Nathaniel, he was excited about Jesus, like, This is when Jesus is first assembling his crew before he sent them out to do any miracles. Philip comes running up to Nathaniel. Now, in John's gospel, he's called Nathaniel. The other writers call him Bartholomew, so he's got this alias. But but Philip comes running to him because sometimes the first thing you do when you really meet Jesus is you start dragging other people with you to go see him. Like sometimes when when Jesus really gets a hold of your life, you'll bribe people into coming to church or you'll buy them some Starbucks so that they'll sit with you in church. Because you know how messed up their life is, but you can't tell them that. But you can bring them to church and we'll open God's word and we'll let Jesus let them know. Because together you and the Holy Spirit can get some stuff done. So John chapter 1 verse 45, here we go. It says, Philip found Nathaniel, and told him, we have found the one that Moses wrote about in the law, in whom the prophets also wrote. Who was it? It was Jesus of Nazareth. Where's he from again? Nazareth? The the, the son of Joseph? And and Nathanael's response, his reaction helps us understand why the people of Nazareth resisted and ended up missing Jesus, and it helps me understand why why I push people away sometimes. It, it helps me to understand why sometimes I reject love that people are trying to give me, because really, what I'm rejecting is something inside of myself. Because when when Philip found found the one, Nathanael was excited, but when he heard where Jesus was from, Jesus of Nazareth, listen to what Nathanael said. He said, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? As soon as he finds out where, where Jesus is from, he said, Nazareth? And I thought that maybe they only rejected Jesus and took offense and were trapped in that offense because they were so familiar with him. But now I think that perhaps the reason they rejected is because they were rejecting themselves. Because apparently Nazareth has a reputation because the first thing Nathaniel says is, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And let's be honest, that's, that's sometimes how we feel about ourselves. Because we know ourselves. And when they when they took offense at Jesus, at first I'm frustrated with them, but then perhaps they weren't solely rejecting Jesus. They they had a reputation. Nazareth is some backwoods town. It's on nobody's bucket list. They talk funny. It's not like Jerusalem. It's not a very religious place. Nazareth. You 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 mean the boy with the with the baby daddy issue? Who who we're not even sure really Nazareth? That's who we're talking. He came from us. It it wasn't that they they couldn't believe what he did. They they couldn't believe that it came from them. His, His miracles to them were remarkable. But when they tried to reconcile the fact that he was one of them with what he was doing, they couldn't reconcile the fact that something good could come from us. Because when, when you have a view of yourself that has been shaped year after year, even generation after generation by stereotypes or, or generalizations or failures, it comes to a point where you really start to believe that nothing good can come from you. And some of you are are right here today. You're trapped in Nazareth because you've got some things in your past, some of which aren't even your fault. But just because it's not your fault doesn't mean it's not your prison. And there's, there's abuse represented here today that happened years ago. And it still dominates your perception of what your future could be. There's some of us here who are still imprisoned in a failed relationship. That relationship ended five years ago, but you're living in it in this very moment. Nazareth, can anything good come from somebody like me? He's just like us. He's he's one of us. And at first they were amazed, and then they begin to despise what they were first amazed at. And when they realize, hey, wait a minute, he's... He's one of us and there's a part of us that wants to be able to believe that Jesus is great but when we try to reconcile that, his greatness with my brokenness, we might start feeling like these people. And it's, it's not that I can't believe that Jesus is great, it's just that I maybe can't believe that anything good can come from my life because there's too much that I don't know and there's so much that I should have done and there's so much that I should not have done and so now I'm trapped in Nazareth, and I've made some mistakes, and I know that Jesus is a healer, and I know that he's amazing, and he's a miracle worker. It's not his miracle working power that's in question right now. It's me that's in question. I'm trapped in now, listen, I'm going to preach until every single piece of facade comes falling off of you. Because if you come to church you, and you look at me a certain way and you come with a sterile approach to Jesus, listen, he's not going to be able to do what he really wants to do in your life because you're trapped in Nazareth. So you'll listen to me preach and, and you'll sing a few songs and you'll say a few prayers. But Jesus is limited in what he can do through your life because you're trapped in In what you were. Nazareth was so unknown, so disregarded that Nathaniel's first response is, Nazareth. Not that place. Just like the devil tells you, not you. You you really think you can raise those kids? You you never saw it done. What makes you think you're gonna do it any better than your dad did? It's, It's the place that says you can't. It's the place that says you can be in close proximity to Jesus, but you cannot receive. They were right there in the very presence of Jesus, but they resisted and rejected it. Some of you are so close in proximity to Jesus, but you're unable to receive. And yet, it's not just Jesus that, that they're rejecting, it's that they had been rejected. Because when people have said something about you long enough, you start to believe that it's really true. And I'm convinced that the people of Nazareth that day weren't rejecting Jesus as much as they were rejecting themselves. You see, you, you develop your view of who Jesus is through the prism of who you think you are. And if you believe the rest of your life that you are worthless, it will be very hard for you to worship a God who thought that you were worth dying for. As a matter of fact, I want to help somebody right now. I want to help set somebody free who's been disappointed because somebody rejected you. A lot of the times they're not rejecting you. A lot of the times uh, they're rejecting something that had nothing to do with you. And sometimes they push you away But really what's happening is something's pushing inside of them. A lot of what we experience as rejection is really just projection. It's it's people who have been disappointed. They have been hurt. And now you're thinking, what's wrong with me? She doesn't appreciate me. It's not that she doesn't appreciate you. She can't appreciate herself because she has yet to heal from something. Sometimes when people are pushing you away, it's not stop thinking that everything is about you. Stop thinking that everyone is responding to you. People have real hurts. People have real disappointments. People have real issues. And sometimes they can't get over what happened to them. And so they can't celebrate you. Here's the question though. Will you love them anyway? Is your your relationship with Jesus strong enough to know that what they say about you doesn't change who you are? Man's denial cannot block my destiny Jesus was still a prophet whether they knew it or not whether they celebrated him or not whether they rolled out the red carpet or ran him out of town he knew who he was do you Or do you need people to tell you who you are? If you let people tell you who you are, they'll say, oh, you're just a carpenter. They'll say, oh, you're just a single mom. They'll say, you're just a teenager. They'll say, you're just a divorcee. But if you know who Jesus is, you'll realize that your life is not defined by any moment. Oh, in fact, it is defined by an event. And that event happened on a hill called Calvary where Jesus shed his blood for you, where the precious Lamb of God looked through all of eternity and said, I will come and lay down my life for you. And so now I know that I'm accepted by Him. And I love Jesus' tenacity. Because a lot of us, if, if we had been rejected in our hometown, that would have been enough to kill our mission. But what I want to show every person who's ever been rejected, or you are currently rejecting the grace that Jesus has been trying to give you because sometimes you're just rejecting yourself. Something good can come from Nazareth. Come on, I said something good can come from Nazareth. I want to tell you another thing. Listen, you don't have to stay where you started. I don't have to stay where I started. I don't have to be who I was. I don't have to be trapped in Nazareth. Now, listen to me. Don't, don't turn to your husband right now and tell him you're leaving him like he's Nazareth. Don't, don't, don't. Some of y'all, are, some of y'all will do it. Don't, don't take what I'm saying out of context. You, you, don't be quitting your job on Monday because you're saying it's Nazareth. No, 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 no. no. You got a mortgage to pay, bro. Keep, keep your job maybe Nazareth isn't a place it's a perspective and that's where we get trapped not not where we are but what we think about where we are Jesus could have done it in Nazareth they just weren't willing to receive it now watch what he did this is what someone under the sound of my voice needs to needs to hear today, and I don't know why, but I feel like this is gonna help you get unstuck. Unstuck from something that's been on repeat in your head, on your playlist, in your mind over and over and over again that you can't get out of. Maybe it was a failure. Maybe it was a friend who left you. Could be someone that you've been trying to prove yourself to, but you'll never be able to prove yourself to them because they've never proven themselves themselves. So how are you going to get their approval when they don't even approve of themselves? This is what's going to help you. because Maybe you've never seen this before, but if your Bible's like mine, you get a new little subtitle after verse 6. and So you might have thought that the lesson ended there. Come on, right now, wherever you are, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Mark chapter 6, verse 6. It says that he was amazed at their lack of faith. The same verse where he has been rejected by all the people who should have respected him. Have you ever felt that way? It could be a parent. It could be a child that you have done the most for. Listen, the only people who can really hurt you are the people you love. There's nothing like being rejected by people you expected more from. Jesus should have been able to do 10 times the miracles in Nazareth. He should have been able to do so much more for the people who knew. Soft Jesus would have stopped in Nazareth. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh. y'all think I'm taking taking this too far? I'll tone it down. I, I, I apologize. I, I'm so sorry. I, I won't say those things anymore. I, I won't heal anybody if you if you don't like. I'll go. I'll just go back to the carpenter shop. Just do whatever. Just please don't make fun of it. Listen, we get so worried about rejection that we miss Jesus's next direction for our life. And the moment that you understand that many of the rejections that you face are really redirections, you will no longer be trapped in Nazareth. Because some of us have gotten bitter. We've gotten offended, trapped, scandalon, to set a trap. You're trapped in Nazareth. What is Nazareth? It's the place where people said you couldn't. The place where people said who who should have been there for you weren't. The place where you had great expectations and you disappointed them. So here's what happens next. Jesus is amazed at their lack of faith. But then it says... Then Jesus. So rejection is not the end. Because the next thing he did after being rejected, he went from village to village teaching. Verse 7 calling the 12 to him. He's already called the 12, but now he's calling them differently. It says he began to send them out two by two, gave them authority. Now he can release them into their ministry I thought rejection meant that it was over but when I read this I realized that someone that some of our greatest blessings can only come on the other side of rejection verse 8 these were his instructions take nothing for the journey, except the staff. Whatever you don't have, you don't need. Whatever they didn't say to you, you don't need. Whatever you think you need, but don't have, you don't need. Whatever wasn't given to you, whatever wasn't said to you, whatever wasn't approved of you, you don't need. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place, listen to me, don't. if any place will not welcome you or listen, Leave that place. Don't stay trapped in that. Don't you stay there. Don't you spend the rest of your life trying to prove yourself to people. Don't you spend the rest of your life apologizing for a weak season. Leave that place. Listen to me, it's not an address or an area code. It's a perspective. And this must be why he brought his disciples to Nazareth so that he could show them what to do with rejection And he knew that they were not ready to be sent in the ministry until they had first been rejected. Listen, the road to resurrection is paved with rejection. The stone that the builders rejected, that the people tripped over, became the chief cornerstone. Jesus had taught them how to cast out devils. Jesus had shown them how to heal the sick. Jesus had shown them how to touch lepers, but now he's showing them one more thing before they can be released. He had to show them how to shake it off. He, he had to show them one more thing. Hey, hey It's not always going to go the way you want it to go. Not everyone is going to see what you want them to see. You won't always make the right moves. There's going to be some mistakes, but if you can shake it off and you can move forward in faith, You're ready now. You failed some, and now you're ready. You've been hurt some, and now you're ready. You've been humbled by it. You're stronger because of it. And now you know that Jesus is the one who can approve of you. You don't need to look to other people for their validation. You're coming out of Nazareth. Stop tripping Stop tripping over over what people think. Stop tripping trying to get someone to clap for you who isn't even paying attention. They got their own car payment to worry about. Stop needing people to validate you what you already know Jesus has said about you. Listen, those disciples went from there casting out demons, taking authority, but first they had to go through rejection. First... Through disappointment, first through Nazareth, a 25-mile trip, Jesus took them on just to show them what to do when it doesn't work. Just to show them that even Jesus had to be rejected. He was despised and rejected. You know why? <laughs> so that you would never have to be. You might be rejected by people, but you will never be rejected by Him. I want to tell you one more thing. Listen to me. Jesus selects what man rejects. The people wanted Saul, but God picked David. Come on. Y'all better start celebrating anyone who's ever been hurt. Everyone who's ever had someone turn their back. Come on. The stone that the builder I feel resurrection power raising up right now. We're coming out of Nazareth. We're coming out of the grave. We're coming out of fear. We're coming out of failure. We're coming out of disappointment. We're coming out of anxiety. We're coming out of depression. Come on, if that's you right now, lift your hand and just to begin to declare in faith that you are coming out of Nazareth and that something good can be done in a you. Stay right where you are. Let's honor this moment. Right now. Keep those hands raised right where you are. Because there are some of us today, you've been rejecting the grace of Jesus for too long. You've been trapped in Nazareth. You've been trapped in a place of, I I believe Jesus is great, but I don't really believe that he can do much through me. I I believe that Jesus is great, but but I don't really believe that the life he promised is for me. And what I want to tell you right now is don't stay trapped in Nazareth. Here's what I want to do. Every person standing, hands raised, head bowed, heart open. I'm going to say a prayer. Listen, for the, for the benefit of everybody, no matter where you are, I want you to repeat this after me. For the benefit of those who are going to step into faith today. Here's what I want to say. Repeat this. Jesus, today I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out of Fear. I'm stepping out of failure. I'm stepping out of regret. I'm stepping out of rejection. I'm stepping out of disappointment. I'm stepping out of failure. And I'm stepping into the calling that you have on my life. I'm stepping out of failure and into faith. I'm stepping out of anxiety and into trust. I'm stepping out of death and into life. Jesus, today, I step into new life, new faith, new power, new resurrection, new direction, new calling on my life. I'm no longer rejected, but I'm accepted. Come on, everybody, right where you are right now, begin to lift up a shout of praise with a voice of triumph for every single person who's stepping into brand new life right now in Jesus' name. Come on, take the next 30 seconds and lift up a shout of praise for new life in Jesus. I'm stepping out of that. I'm stepping out of death. I'm stepping out of rejection! Come on! Everybody, where you are! Thank you, Jesus! Amen. Here's what I want to tell you. Listen, if you if you prayed that prayer you believe, listen, this is what scripture says, if you believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So maybe today for the very first time in your life, or maybe for the first time in a long time, you're stepping into faith in Jesus today. I just want to tell you, welcome home to the family of God. We're so excited for you. We're pumped up. Listen to me, all of heaven is celebrating right now, throwing a party in your honor for you for stepping into new life today. Now listen, here's here's one of the worst things you could do, to be, be inspired to make a change but then not take a step to do anything about it. Here's what I want you to do right now. There's a way for you to respond online. Say, hey, that's me. I stepped into new life today. I'm putting my faith in Jesus today. Let us know that so we can be praying for you. We love to connect with you, let you know how we can help you on this new faith journey with Jesus. We wanna celebrate with you today. Come on, church. I know we all can't be in the same room together, but we're worshiping Jesus together. We are with one another. We may be distant in body, but we're together in spirit. Amen. Amen. I don't know what's going to happen when we're all back in a room together. It's going to be crazy. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to close our time together the same way that we do every week. With an opportunity to worship with our giving, our tithes, and our offering. Now listen to me. If you're new with us today, if you're checking us out online, we don't want anything from you. In fact, we just hope that this online experience has been our gift to you. But if you call Skyline your home, if this is your your your, your church home, all we ever ask is that you ask Jesus what you should give and then just be obedient because we know that on the other side of obedience there's blessing for you and your family listen there's two really easy ways for you to give you can give online or through our app you can also give right from your smartphone you can text the amount you want to give to 84321 now listen i want to i want to remind you We've been doing this for weeks. We've been doing these food truck buyouts. We've been feeding hundreds and hundreds of people in our parking lot. We had another one this week. Absolutely incredible. Church, listen to me. When you are faithful, consistent, and generous with God's house, His house is able to be faithful, consistent, and generous to our city. So come on. Let's show up. Let's be faithful. Let's be consistent. Let's be generous. Let's keep feeding people. Let's keep caring for people. Let's keep meeting needs. Let's keep being a movement of Jesus' kingdom right here where we have been called to be to make an eternal difference right where we are. It's been amazing. It's been awesome. Listen, if you need anything, Stay connected to us on social media. If you have a prayer request, if you have a need, you can contact us, let us know. Listen, church, we are praying for you. We love you. We miss you. And we cannot wait until we're all gathered together again, worshiping together. Here, let me me just bless us. Let me pray for us as we leave. If you can, just put your hands up to receive this. Jesus I pray that you would cause your very presence, your spirit, your power to go with your people, to lead them, to guard them, to work within them, the Heavenly Father you'd cause your face to shine upon them, give them peace, and give them rest till we gather together again in Jesus name Amen Have a great week everybody We love you Mother's Day next week You do not want to miss it It's going to be incredible Church, we love you